Amen. Thank you for that. What a great family. Uh, let's open our Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse 1, and we're going to read uh, responsibly through verse 7. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 1, and shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 1. But I determined this with myself, that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad, but the same which is made sorry by me? And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I, might, that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was afflicted of many. So that contrarywise, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. And uh, very important message. I'd ask that you listen very carefully. I'm speaking on this subject the agenda of true love. The agenda of true love. That's a play on words. There is no agenda with true love. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the uh, message. <clears throat> we pray that the word would not fall to the ground. That you'd open our eyes and our understanding. Uh, miraculously, we'd be able to comprehend the uh, greatness of true love, that we could experience it, live it, and give it to others. We pray that you take charge now. We yield your spirit. We pray that he would uh, reveal these things to us, give us ears to hear what the Spirit saith unto the church, and a heart to receive it. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. The agenda of uh, true love is that it has no agenda. Uh, I wish I could make you listen. I can't. I, I ask you to listen very carefully. Uh, what I'm going to say this morning, this is a principle that applies to every area of our life. And this is conscious and subconscious. Uh, I need this. I'm a selfish person. I know you're not. You've arrived, you're glorified, but uh, every one of us is selfish to some degree. Uh, so this is a principle. You could hear this, think you have it, but until it becomes what you are, you'll never fully be able to understand. So I'd ask you to yield to the Holy Spirit. It took me decades to understand this. Maybe you can get it in five minutes. And some people say, I got that, but you'll, do you really get it? You'll know that the Spirit will reveal it. So there's two types of uh, ways to live. 
and two types of love. We know about uh, phileo and agape, the conditional and the unconditional. But most people, everything they do, number one, it has an agenda. So an agenda is a motive, and it could be revealed or hidden. So whatever we do, we're doing it for a selfish reason. That's the reality. You may try to deceive yourself and say that it's not, but it's true. Whatever we do, it has some type of an agenda guised or right out there in the open. But the second type is true to its nature. It has no agenda whatsoever. And so what I'm asking you to do is seek the Lord, be honest, examine yourself, and go on into perfection to where whatever we do, no matter what area of life, we are true to the nature of what we're doing, and we are not selfish with a, an agenda, hidden or very exposed. And this applies to everything. If you're a teacher, just teach. I know that's real deep, isn't it? Just teach. Don't worry about what happens. Don't worry if you're accepted or if you get uh, receive gratitude. Don't even worry if your students make good grades. Now that's all very important, but being a teacher, you just teach. I don't care if anybody likes the way I preach or not. I'm called to preach, I preach. You can like it, you can lump it. Doesn't matter, you can sit there, smile, or walk out. It doesn't matter. I preach. Now I want results, but that's selfish. You need to be true to your motive, uh, which is what? No motive. That's true love. So if, if you're a parent, just be a parent. Don't worry if you're loved or if it's a popularity contest or how it'll turn out right. Be a good parent. If you give, give. If you have a giving spirit and you're a giving person, most people give hoping something will happen as a result. Right. I'll do this if you'll do something good to me. I'll give, hopefully someone will give something to me. That's not true giving. Right. A true giving is just true to the nature. You may steal from me, but I'm giving to you. I have no hidden agenda. So if you're a soul winner, you just go soul winning. Sure, we want the church to pack out and souls to get saved. But a soul winner goes soul winning without a hidden agenda. And I'm telling you, there's people in this room been going for decades and you have a hidden agenda. And you can, I'm telling you, you can only understand this if the Lord reveals it to you. There's many people here in a relationship, friendship or a spouse. You're married. You might be dating, you might be engaged. And most of us are very immature. We do things expecting something to re happen, reciprocation. When you get to the mature level of Christ, of true love, you love if you're hated. You love if you're misunderstood. You love if no one says thank you. You love if you get stabbed in the back. True love has no agenda consciously 
or subconsciously, and most people love hoping to be loved in return. They're looking for some type of a uh, reciprocation. Now, when you get mature, and this is only a work of God, and you may think you're there. I don't know. That's between you and God. It's very spiritual. It's very mysterious. But once you're there, you're true to your nature. And we are born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And you're supposed to be true to the nature of the seed by which you're born, the eternal Word of God, the King James Bible. And you are true to that regardless of any and all external stimuli or internal selfish agenda of a motive of you're hoping something will happen, you're looking for something to happen, or you're causing something to happen. So, true love, it doesn't need to be accepted. You know, I love you whether you accept it or not. True teaching doesn't need to be accepted. True parenting doesn't need to be accepted. Whatever, true friendship, whatever it is. So, being true to the nature, I want results, but I don't have to have results. Right. That's good. Okay? Gratitude. I hope you say thank you. But whether you do or not, somebody who does something for somebody else doesn't look for gratitude. If you're really true to who you are, success, God will give it, but you're not looking for success. You're just being who you are. Amen. I'm true to who God saved me to be, called me to be, what He wants me to do. And reciprocation. So this is the agenda of true love. It has no agenda. It doesn't have any. And so a lot of people, though, they never ever reach this level. And remember, 1 Corinthians 13 says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Faith, hope, charity. And charity is true love, which means I do what I do because God is love. God is in me. I let God love through me. And regardless of what happens, I have no agenda. This is true love. So if we think about our life, and I say it all the time, it's based on stewardship, management of your own life, your emotions, your spirit, your thoughts. This leads to your decisions, how you spend your money, how you manage, all these things, your relationships. And a lot of people get hurt because of an agenda. So I've had people tell me, I'll never love again. You know why? They got hurt because when they loved, they had an agenda with the love. I will love, they better love me back. I will give, they better give back. That's not love. Love is I love you because God is love and God is in me and this is the nature. So, a lot of, you know how people do it. I'll buy them present. Maybe they'll buy me one. You know, and I, when the man's in trouble about to go to the doghouse, you know, he's trying to, the crooked snake, worm his way in there that if I can do or say that, oh yeah, then this will probably happen later on. 
Quiet, it's very quiet in here. But, uh, you know, that's a hidden agenda. Or if you just say, I love you, I did this for you, I gave you that, you probably will say, I did it because of that. I don't care what you think, I did it because of love. So, wisdom, skill for living from the Word of God is faithful stewardship in every area of our life. And this principle applies to every area of life. Not just love, but the staying loyal and true to the nature of what you are doing. So, a lot of times, because of relationships involve emotions, emotions are very, very powerful. They can be good or bad. That means that love has a risk but not true love. Uh, love is very risky because you may get hurt. You may not have it reciprocated. They may not love back. It's very, very risky if you have an agenda. But if you don't, there's no risk at all. Now, but most people never get to that level. So, you know, I'm at the point right now, my... Uh, all my dogs died. I'm wondering if I want to commit to a new dog because I know I'll love it and it'll hurt me. <laughs> uh, that's the reality of having a pet or any relationship. Uh, I had my favorite cat die recently. Uh, am I willing to risk getting hurt of the grief and the sorrow and the vet bills, oh yeah, that's the main one, <laughs> of, uh, of committing to another pet but love always will it will if you have love but if you say I got hurt I'll never love again well you robbed yourself of love because but, but you have uh, an agenda mixed in with that so that's not true love true love doesn't um, have an agenda so most people they get in a relationship with a hidden agenda and they make that person or that thing an idol. So they trust that person or relationship to do for them only what God can. And only God can make you happy and give you joy and fulfillment and peace in your life. But you think a person will. Your husband or wife will. Or your children or your grandchildren. Or your best friend or some type of hobby, whatever it is. And you're going into that whether you realize it or not, subconsciously, it's deep within, or consciously, you're doing it uh, by free will, very determined, you know what you're doing, deliberate. You're gonna get hurt. Why? Because you had a risk in your love that it wouldn't turn out right, or you wouldn't get hurt, or it would be reciprocated. But Bible love says the more you abuse me, the more abundantly I love. The more you misunderstand, the more abundantly I love. The, the less you reciprocate, the more abundantly I love. So in the text, this relates to church discipline. What had happened in 1 Corinthians 5, I won't go into the, it was very strange, wicked situation. There was a church member who was committing fornication with his mother-in-law. I know this is hard to even understand. But 
So this a little leaven leavens the whole lump. God, uh, God taught church discipline through Paul. They did what, they, what the Bible says. You go to their face. You say, you've offended me. And this is what you're supposed to do. Don't talk about them behind their back. Just say, hey, you've got sin in your life. You offended me. You give them a space to repent. If they don't, you take a witness. It says, if the mouth of two witnesses shall every word be established. You take a witness and say, look, brother so-and-so already came to you, did what the Bible says. You're in sin. You need to repent. You didn't do it. Here's the witness. We're giving you time to repent. If they don't, it says you tell the church and you mark that person and you separate from them. Not because you're against them, so that they can learn to repent. Right. Now, this is what they did. And then it says you turn them over to the devil so that the flesh will be destroyed, but the spirit will be saved. So they did this, and the person repented. He got right, but they didn't receive him back. They held a grudge. They looked down on his path when... You know, most people did the same thing or worse, but just didn't get caught. I'm a little sick of this, of the yeah. snooty, highfalutin Pharisee looking down your nose. When you probably did worse than they did, they got caught. Now you think you're better than them. Yeah. They got caught. They repented. They still won't receive them back into the fellowship. Still in the back of their mind or in their heart, a hidden agenda that I'll only receive them if these things happen or if it didn't happen. And boy, you did that. So it'll never be the same again. I'm telling you, if you want the power of God to fall and revival to break out, you've got to repent of a hidden agenda. It's good. So what did he do? He said, we need to let this guy back in. Yeah. He's sorry. He admitted it. We did what the Bible says. He changed. He humbled himself. He came back. And then he, he kept saying, well, how can you make me happy if I make you sorry? He said, so I'm not going to make you sorry. I'm just going to love you. And I'm going to quit dwelling on the subject. But then he said, if you don't even receive it, the more abundantly I will love you. Because love loves. Boy, that's so deep. Love loves. Teachers teach. Boy, that's a deep one. Well, you know, I went to class and the parents didn't make their kids do the homework. I don't care what they did. I teach. You know how many sermons I preach? One in, went in one ear out the other. You just preach. Because God called you. Well, I'm a parent. Be a parent. I'm a husband. I love my wife. You're a wife. Love your husband. Uh, whatever it is. If you go to work and you're an employee, an employee is an employee. They don't look at the upper management. They don't blame it on the boss. They don't get mad at their co-workers. That happens every day. Just be a good employee. Mind your own business. Show up. Do your job. Go home. Don't bring it up again. Amen. You know, I know venting's good sometimes, but you know, a little too much blowing off steam. You haven't let it go. Just blow it off and let it go. Be a good employee. If you're a soul winner, go soul winning. Well, I went so long and nothing happened. Well, you're not a real soul winner because you were expecting if somebody didn't get saved, I'm going to quit. 
That's not a real soul winner. You go because he said go. So, it's like Brother Howes, that old famous high quality rhyme. Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm blue. My disposition depends on you. Hey, I'd, I'll decide if I'm happy or not. I say this all the time. You say, what does that mean? I'll decide if I get mad or not. You're not going to make me get mad. I'll decide if, if uh, I have a good life or not. Not by what anybody else thinks or criticizes or if they lift me up. Doesn't matter. I'll decide. Why? God gave me free will and you're to be true to the nature of whatever you're doing. So, I have just a few statements to make. Very simple. Uh, build the foundation line upon line, precept upon precept. Number one, uh, relationships involve commitment. Commitment. Now, most people don't even know what love is. According to Romans 13.10, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love is not a feeling. Love is not an infatuation. Love is not doing something so they will do it in return. Love is, I commit to treat you like the Word of God requires, and I love you. Amen. Now, if feelings come with that, that's great. I hope it does. But what if feelings don't come? Or what if the feeling leaves? You know, I've been married how many years? I better look out. A long time. I still don't know. Somewhere around 40 years. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere around 35 years. Only Re ask Rebecca. She's the computer of the family. You know why I don't know? Because I don't care. <laughs> My wife's listening to this in the nursery. I'm married. I'm married till death do us part. I don't even think about it. Well, the inter my anniversary is tomorrow. I just remembered that. <laughs> I don't care. I'm married till death do us part. Good. Amen. I, you know, it's like these ex-drug heads that said, I've been clean for six... Not me. I'm saved. Yeah. I'm not clean for a certain time. I got my whole life changed. Right. I've never thought about it. Now, I know that's been 40 years. Amen. 1986. Anyway... <laughs> I, I, I don't think about that. I don't even think about my birthday. I don't want to. Amen. But relationships involve commitment, not a feeling. So people think, ooh, I feel something. I'm real tingly. I'm in fact, that's not love. Right. Uh, love is when you commit to treat them like the Bible requires. When you get married, you say, I do till death do us part. Between... Uh, before God and man and these witnesses. If there's a good feeling, yeah, I hope there is. But I've been married so long, what does feelings have to do with anything? We're married. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. So people look for a feeling, they'll go out and want to find that feeling again. That's not love. You love your wife because you love her. Amen. Has nothing to do with a feeling. So... It is a commitment. You are loyal to love. If you're loyal to love, 
God is love. You're loyal to your husband or wife. You're loyal to your children, your friends, your family, your church members, whatever it is. But people don't understand what love is. So, but what happens is, because we don't know true love at the beginning, there's a risk you may get hurt. They might cheat on you. They might betray you. They might stab you in the back. They may not love you back. That's, it's a risk. You know, it's a big risk. That's why, you know, I thought about it long and hard before I got married. We dated a long time because I'm afraid of commitment. <laughs> but when I committed, it's till death do us part. I, I, I thought it over, though. This is the decision of a lifetime. So, number two. And I already said that. Oh, commitment is the result of a carefully weighed decision. You know how many people just say, yep, you know, we, I'll be there. They don't even think it through. They don't even consider when will the alarm clock will be off and they'll be tired and they're going to have to go to bed early on Saturday night and plan their day. They just go, I'll be there. And then they lie over and over. America's full of liars that never, most people can't keep their word. So you make a carefully weighed decision. You know, if you decide to be somebody's friend, that's a big decision. Because you're going to be their friend no matter what happens. If, if you're going to uh, beget children and raise them, it's a commitment. You better weigh the consequences. You know, today we, people don't even think about it. So this is why two out of three marriages end in divorce. Most people are half-hearted. Fair-weather friends, as they call it, on, off, hot, cold. But if you have love, it's a commitment that you carefully weighed. And then you said, I am willing to make the commitment. I am willing to take the risk. Very, very important. So a little bit redundant, but number three. So that means commitment then to teach, treat them as the word of God requires is love. Bible love is a carefully weighed uh, decision. And it's not emotional, and it does not expect reciprocation. So, uh, because of a lack of time, there are two levels then of love, and these are very difficult to ascertain in even our own mind and heart because the Spirit has to lead us to this point, and that you have to grow in grace to reach a high level. Um, so, n number one, the first level, even though it's Bible love, has an element of agenda. Just even a slight iota of some type of agenda. You know, I'm going to go to this church until they make me mad. You know, whatever it is. I'm going to date this person. Whatever it is. There's, there's some element of a selfish, hidden motive, even in serving God. And it's where most people are. Some of the most faithful people have a hidden, selfish motive. What's in it? And they, and they, they preach against it all. What's in it for me? When, when you truly serve God, you don't care if you even get a reward. Yeah. 
You don't even care. You just do it because God's in you. That's the right thing to do. But so many people are looking. You know, like I've seen women wear a new dress and, and nobody's recognized it and they get their feelings hurt. You know why I wear this suit? Because it's, on, it's it was in the row, and I go by rows, and this one this one came up. Well, it's the best one I got, and it's it's the Lord's day, and it, I don't care if you like it or not. I dress my best. I don't know if it looks that good, but I don't care if you say that's a nice suit. Amen. So. In the first level, even when you love, there's an element of agenda. Amen. Number two, though, when you reach the high level, there, it, the agenda is gone. There's no agenda. You're not selfish. You're being true to the nature. You have love. And love loves if it is not loved back. Love, love, because that's what it is. And I respect people who are true to who God made them. I'm not trying to impress anybody, show off, compete or compare. You know, they do it this way, I'll do it that way. Just be true to who God made you to be. That's where you'll find fulfillment, self-esteem, true peace in your heart. So when the true agenda is removed, and that can only happen by a miracle of God, by the way. You can't willpower this into your life. This is a work of God in your life. The grace of God and the Holy Spirit and wisdom from the Word of God and growing to maturity will remove the hidden agenda so that you just do what you do because of the nature, you're true, you're loyal to whatever it is. So when you think about any investment in life, remember, what is love? It's the result of a calculated, heavily weighed decision. And then you make the commitment. If you do this in the beginning, there's risk. You know, if you, uh, you, you may uh, invest in an oil well in Wildcat. Well, you may hit a dry hole. You may love somebody and they may never love you back. But if you have true love, it doesn't matter. I mean, we would like to be loved back, but it doesn't matter because that's what true love is. So the risk of the investment of your capital, of assets of your life, whatever it is, your heart, your emotions, your, your energy, your money, your thoughts, your life, when you reach the high level, you will no longer be controlled by the hidden agenda. So, Paul, he was very committed to the Corinthian church. They hurt him deeply. I mean, he risked his life to go to a foreign country and start the church and was misunderstood, persecuted, and even then when they got saved, they belittled him. They wouldn't accept his apostleship. They wouldn't even give him an offering to live, and he had to get a job to just get by. They totally abused him. And you know what he said? 
How can I make you glad or happy if you make me sorry? And how can I make you happy if I make, and how can you make me happy if I make you sorry? He says, I realize I will love you more abundantly. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I've had a hard time with this through the years. I, di I didn't like it when people got mad at me or didn't accept me or whatever. It hurt me. It hurt, and it still hurts, by the way. I'm human. But, you know, I would get, I would, I would get upset a lot when people would uh, do things disloyal. And it took me a long time because I'm selfish and I was very immature. I guess I still am. Uh, but to realize I've got to let go. I mean, there's a lot of things I want to do and I'm hoping it happens and I'm going to make, try to make it happen, but I'm not doing it to make something happen. There's something, a nature that I have to be loyal to. And if I'm true to that, we'll see what God does. I hope he does great things, big things. But what if he doesn't? It's up to God. So, so many people say, I've really been hurt. I don't think I can ever love again. I've really been let down. I've given my all. I was misunderstood. I was mistreated. I don't know if I can make the commitment again. Uh, you know, I like... Just a real simple Australian, like Brother Horgersheimer, you, you start a Kung Fu school and, and just give your whole life and 15 years of practice and all your life and sacrifice your family time. And then they quit for soccer. Yeah. And then they quit for band. Yeah. You know, and then after a while you go, huh? this isn't worth my time. Yeah. I've got the deepest truth out there and you're, you don't even know what it is. And then you say, I'm going to manage my time more wisely. But still, Kung Fu people practice Kung Fu. You don't do it if it, for whatever happens. So that's just one example. If you're a teacher, teach. You know, follow the protocol, mind your own business. Just let it go. I did my study, my lesson plan. I gave it my all. I was a teacher, and I feel good that I, I'm driving home and I taught, and man, I feel good. Doesn't matter if a kid listened or not or fell asleep. I mean, we want them to do right, but if they don't, that's none of my business. I'm a teacher, and whatever you do, do your best, and then let it go. Know what's your business, what's somebody else's, and Jesus set the example, and I'm through. What did he do on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's dying on the cross for the sin of the world, and he said, John, behold thy mother. Take care of my mother, John. He so loved, unconditional, no agenda, he saves the thief dying on the cross who deserved it because that's what love does. Amen. No agenda. That guy couldn't love him back. There was no way. So, God is love. You know, 
Nobody can love you unless God is in them. And you can't love them unless God is in you. And love has no agenda. I just love. Why? What am I saying today? There is a disloyalty to God in the nature of love. Just be loyal to the nature. And when you do what you do, because that's what you do, I really believe God's going to start pouring it on. Then He can trust us that we'll give Him all the glory. But a lot of people have too many hidden agendas. It's very hard to explain. God has to reveal it to you in your heart and your conscience. The agenda of true love is it has no agenda. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed.